This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. At the half hour, I want you to be here to enjoy a show that was aired in 1945, a broadcast from Maple Leaf Gardens starring Fibber McGee and Molly. Boy, what an exciting evening that must have been for Torontonians, and in fact, people from all over the province and beyond, to see this married couple who were internationally famous right here in town. That's at the half hour, but first, it's a visit with the Cisco Kid. The Kid came to radio October 2nd of 1942 with Jackson Beck in the title role and Louise Soren as Poncho. Now, I remember the TV show with an actor named Ronaldo Duncan playing the part of Cisco. His trusty sidekick, Poncho, was played by a guy named Leo Carrillo. Cisco and Poncho wandered all over the Old Southwest, running off bad guys and saving the day for whoever was in need. But picture this. Cisco wore an all-black outfit with fancy embroidery, and it never got dirty. And he was very dashing and super charming, and all the ladies fell for him. Ronaldo Duncan had a rather uncertain history. He tried to make a living as a portrait painter, but couldn't support himself, and somehow got into producing short films and eventually signed a contract with MGM in 1928. Now, since he looked Hispanic, he was usually cast as a Latin lover. And in the early 1930s, he was arrested and almost deported because he was an illegal immigrant. Now, as luck would have it, Mrs. Eleanor Roosevelt, who owned one of Duncan's paintings, heard about his problem and persuaded her husband, the president, Franklin Roosevelt, to intervene on his behalf, which he did by issuing a pardon for him. Hmm. So tonight's episode is entitled Necktie for Poncho. Here's adventure. Here's romance. Here's the famous Robin Hood of the Old West. Cisco, the sheriff, he is getting closer. This way, Pancho, follow. The Cisco Kid. Tonight's exciting story of the Cisco Kid. Broken Cinch was an unusual kind of a town, for not only was it in the very heart of a great cattle country, but gold, too, was in the hills that surrounded the town. Men had money in their pockets, and more important, they had money in the bank, large amounts of it. It was a good life in the area of Broken Cinch, but it was a hard life, too, and especially hard for Ben Newsom, the sheriff. As our story opens tonight, Sheriff Ben has been to the stage depot where he received a large bundle of posters 
And he's now returning with a package to his office. Well, by George, it seems that for every dollar that's made, there's ten owl who's out to get it. I never seen the likes of a deputy. Eh, more posters, eh, Sheriff? Yeah. Look at them. Pictures and descriptions of at least 50 more coyotes who prowl in the territory. Yeah, and right on top of the pile is a picture of the Cisco kid. Seems like we get a picture of that hombre with every shipment of posters. <laughs> yeah. Seems like they've been after that critter ever since I've been sheriff. One time they're offering $10,000 reward for him, the next they ain't offering nothing. But he's always there, generally right on top of the whole pile. Let's see, more here. Hmm. Hmm. Jug Gentry. Hmm. Gentry. That coyote loose again? What? Hey, look. Look out there, Sheriff. Yeah. Hey, ain't that Scott McCloud? He's hmm. been shot up, seems like. Hey, well, what in thunder happened to you, Scotty? Got this busted shoulder last night. Sheriff, there's going to be a raid on the bank tonight. You got to get ready for it. Road to tell you. Oh, what about the bank? Oh, now look. Sit down and calm yourself. Get your breath before you try to talk. Oh, I'm all right. Yesterday, I was on my way back here from Jackson Bend. I made camp on the west bank of the Little Sioux Creek. You know where... Yeah, go on, Scott. Well, it was hot as blazes, so I thought I'd cool off in the creek. Reckon I wasn't making much of a splash because two gents came down to the creek for water. They had pails, so I know there must have been several of them camping somewhere close. Pails going after the broken since bank tomorrow night, is he? Be my golly. That's going to be quite a haul for us, mister. Biden Creole gives a good cut of it. Yeah, that's the whole point. We risk our hides for him and... He stopped and looked right where I was. I'd been low in the water, but the moon had broke out from behind a cloud. My skin was wet. They'd seen it glisten, I guess. There's somebody in the water there, Tom. Got him! I ducked fast, but not before one of their slugs caught me here in the shoulder. I stayed under for what seemed like five minutes. I could hear the bullets cutting the water all around me. Honey, my lungs... Seemed like they was going to bust, so I come up for air, and they were gone. Well, they figured they got you, huh? Yeah, they must have. Anyhow, they'd gone. Climbed out as best I could, wrapped something around my shoulder to stop it from bleeding too much, and here I am. Oh, say, I better get you over to Doc Witherspoon, Scott. That shoulder swelled up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You see, them two outlaws said somebody named Creole was their trail boss? Sounded like Creole, Sheriff. I think so. Say, uh... uh Maybe it's Cisco, Sheriff. I don't know nobody named Creole. Yeah, might be. Anyhow, whoever it is, he's coming after the bank tonight, is he? Yeah, Sheriff. I got that straight all right. Well, I'm much obliged to you, Scott. And because of this warning, we'll be all set and waiting tonight. Take him over to the docks and then come right back here, Deputy. You and me are going to round up the best shots in town. <laughs> second. There's the bank right there, boys. Now then, Tom, you and Chris take the front of the building. Go around to the left here and keep in the shadows. Frank, you take the far side. Webb, you take this corner here at the bank. Charlie and Meal go into the bank through the back door here. Now remember, no matter who you see coming toward you, no gunning unless you see that the other maverick's gonna gun you. We're going to do this job quiet. Now, go on. Keep your eyes open. Come on, Charlie. All right. Yeah, let me have that crowbar. 
Here. I'll force it into the door and lean on it. I'll wedge it in right above the lock between the door and the jam. You work the knife in and force back the bolt. You did it 20 times before, Creole. I know how. Yeah, but it won't hurt you to be told again. All right, now. She's given. Get the knife in there. Yeah, I got it. Hey, Creole. Something's gone wrong. Well, we're surrounded. It's a trap. They're everywhere. Must be 30, 40 of them. We'll die here. You don't. Pretend you did. Yeah. Maybe they'll pass us by to get the others get down. There goes Webb. They got him. Shut up. We got these two. Never mind them for now. Round to the front. We'll get the ones there. Come on now. Run for the horses. Uh, no matter what happens, don't stop. Run. They see us. They're coming after us. Never mind them. Mount and pound like high. Steady there. Oh, boy. Get up. Come on. There go two of them. After them, boy. Keep your saddle. Done it. They get clean away from us. Yeah, and we'll never pick up a trail tonight. It's too dark. Them two were slick ones, all right. Deputy, uh, hmm? you and me stopped and looked at them, remember? Yeah, that's right. They was the ones that was working on the bank door. Sure, I, I remember. As far as I could tell, they were dead owl hoops, but we done pretty good anyhow, Sheriff. We we got four of them for sure, and we prevented the bank robbery. Yeah, but we let two of them get away. Yeah, that's what I don't like. Well, we sure can't do nothing about it tonight. No, maybe not tonight. But I'll tell you one thing, boys. Hmm? The word's got around that this town's rich. That means trouble. Yeah. We got to be on our guard every minute of the day and night. I got a feeling our troubles are just beginning. Yeah, I'd sure like to know who them two were, though. Maybe they'll come back and make another try. We know the name of just one of them. Creole. He's the top hand of the outfit. Yeah, and I ain't so sure that's his name. Scotty might have heard wrong. Might be Cisco. Cisco yeah. Kid. Yeah. Huh? We don't even know but what we might have killed him tonight. Yeah, I'll soon find that out. I got his picture and a poster, so we'll go back and see if it matches any of the ones we shot. We missed two of them ringtail sidewinders tonight, that's true. But we'll get them. We'll get them, or by thunder, I'll turn in my badge. Let's go. Get Table's all right. Uh, how about going farther toward the back, Creole? Yeah, well said here. Here, I'll pour you a drink. I don't know, Creole. I'd feel a lot better if we were sitting back where we couldn't be seen so easy. Now look, you fool. I've told you a hundred times there isn't anybody here who knows us. But we got away last night in the dark, so how could anybody have seen our faces? Oh, I guess you're right, but I ain't got the nerve you got. That's a trouble. <laughs> nerve and brains. Well, here's to the bank. And us getting into it before many more moves. Yes. You ain't going to try to bust into that bank again, are you, Creole? You want to quit me? No, no, of course I only... Shut up. <laughs> Why, you know that nobody quits the Creole, don't you, Charlie? Quitting me is just like asking for a dose of lead poisoning. Yeah, I know. 
I, uh, I, hmm? Sheriff's coming into the saloon. Sure. The law dog's paying us a visit, is he? Uh, He's going over to the table where those two are eating. Yeah. Put your hand, mister. Cisco, keeps on your sheriff. And Pancho is Pancho. That's what I figured. What are you two doing around these parts? Right now, we are eating. What we will be doing an hour from now, I do not know. Well, I know. You'll be sitting in a cell in my jail. And I won't wait an hour either. Come on. What? Now, wait a minute. What are the charges against us? You cannot arrest us without telling us why you are doing so. You're not going to arrest Pancho until Pancho finishes the food. No. No. Take your hands off, Pancho. Stand back. One move from either you gun slicks and I'll throw lead. I'll blow your heads right off your shoulders. Ah, that's better. You're coming to jail, both of you. Dead or alive, by thunder. Now get moving. <laughs> Just what I've been waiting for, Charlie. Just what I've been waiting for. We're going after that bank tonight. Huh? huh. What are you going to do, Creole? Just watch me and keep your mouth shut. Speak when I give you the opening. Right. This ain't much of a town, seems to me, partner. No. Why not? Well, where I come from, we wouldn't let two crooks like that live very long. No, sir, not where I come from. Oh, no? What would you do about them two bandits where you come from, stranger? We'd give the law a hand. Matter of fact, we'd take the matter right out of the law's hands. Hemp rope's cheap around here, ain't it? Well, I reckon we got a share of rope around these parts. Ever think of using it for neckties for a couple of critters like them, too? Yeah, that ain't a bad idea, stranger. Necktie party, eh? Yeah, that's right. You catch on pretty fast. I say them two coyotes ought to be lynched. Of course, I'm a stranger in these parts. Well, I reckon we might use a new idea, too, around here, Dad. Yeah. It's about time we showed them outlaws in this county that we mean business. Pancho, yeah. no wire, no bullets, nothing to use to get us out of this cell. And, uh, Senor Sheriff, you say we not get out of here. You say we stay here until the law take action. Si, si, stupido. Very stupido. Banderos try to rob the bank and we are blamed for it. Yeah. Held under suspicion. Ah, no use doing that, Cisco. Do not shake the cell door down. I know, I know, machacho, but I... Listen. They yell. Cisco. They yell about lynching. Look out the window. See. Si. The mob will make off. <laughs> they come this way. See, they are coming to lynch us. We cannot get out of this jail, but we must, Pancho. The lock on the door, amigo. You sure you, 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 you lock can open it? I am sure. Then we stay here and... We will get out of this. We will. There is no way out of here, but there must be. We will not let them hang us. <laughs> Now, back to the Cisco Kid. Even though he and his men shot four of the outlaws who tried to rob the Broken Cinch Bank, Sheriff Ben Newsom saw two of the outlaws escape. And not knowing who they are, the sheriff reasons they might be Cisco and Poncho. As a result... He is quick to arrest the two companions when they come to town. And the real outlaw, a man named Creole, 
is just as quick to see his chance to make another attempt on the bank. He incites the townsmen with talk of lynching until there are a mass of anger-blinded men marching on the jail and their innocent victims. Cisco, Cisco, what we do, what we do? They, they, they come for us. There is some way out. There is some way. Uh, we try the roof, maybe. Uh, maybe knock a hole in the roof. Wait, wait. Huh? What? The board. Wait, wait. Loosen the floor. Uh-huh. If I can get my fingers under this edge. Uh, Pancho, help. Don't just get my fingers under. There. You do it. Now we... Oh, Cisco. Setting on the ground. There's not a foot of clearance between the floor and the ground. Sheriff. Say, Sheriff. Come here. Why'd you call him? To find out if there's any more sense now than he did when we while ago. What do you want back there? Sheriff, you hear that mob that is coming? They're coming here to lynch Pancho and me. I hear them, all right. But they won't get in. Don't you worry about that. The deputy and me will stand them off. You have ever faced a lynch mad mob? No, but I know how to handle them, all right. You just sit tight here and see. Look, Senor Sheriff. All we ask is that you let us out of here and give us our guns back. We will not try to escape, but we will fight. You're we will a loco. Like... You think I'm going to let you two out of here? I represent the law in this county, and the law is stronger than any mob. See, but sometimes the law needs help. We promise not to escape, but we do want a chance to defend ourselves. You just sit tight. I'll handle them hoodlums, all right. You just leave. But say, your sheriff, we... There is no use, amigo. Aye, that mob outside, Cisco. Very soon they come in. See, there is one more thing than to try. <laughs> what you try now? Can't you not can bend these bars? I can try, amigo. They too thick for anybody to bend. Nothing. Mother Mia! What is this, Cisco? This one is a little loose. Part way. Now I can't. They move. They move, Cisco. Pull. Pull hard. Pull hard. Pull. pull. That is one, but no more. Pull, pull. Quick. Squeeze through there. You voice, amigo. Hurry, hurry. See, I will go through and then pull you. Santo is tight. But you do it. You do it. See. There, I did it. Come, Pancho. See. Shove your head through and I pull you. And I grab your shoulders. Come on. Come, Pancho. Push. Pancho, try, but... Pancho, Pancho, not to leave me, get his shoulder it's through. Let me pull. It's no use. Pancho, not can get out. Then I will be back, amigo. Did Cisco keep promise that? I will be back. Cisco, where'd you go? Cisco, he, he, he run away. He run away and leave Pancho here alone. Cisco! <laughs> All right, deputy. Time to face him down. Let's go out. Quiet! Shut up! Shut up, you drink local bushwakers. Get back to your homes. Get, I say. We've come for the prisoners, Sheriff. Better hand them over to us. The only thing I'll hand you critters is a loaded shot from this here scatter gun. Now get out of here, I tell you. We come here for them critters and we're going to have them, lawman. You let go of that gun. Help, deputy! You let go of me or I'll kill you. You can't kill nobody without a gun, lawman, and I got it. Now, this will take care of you. That does it. Grab his keys, Charlie. Right. Let's go, boys. Hang the critters. Hang them. I got the keys. I got them. Which is the cell? There they are. There. Hey, there's only one of them in there. Where's the other killer? Where is he? You find Pancho, see? But you never find this Cisco kid. The bar's over the window. Look. He went out the window. Open that door and we'll take this one anyhow. Unlock that door. Right. There it is. Let's get him. Charlie. Yeah, I'm right here. Wait. Let those fools go. Yeah. 
They're plumb crazy, Creole. Yeah, sure they are. That's the way I planned it. All right. Now, you and I, Charlie, we got every hombre in this town in that mob. So we're going to pay our little visit to the bank. seen him in town before. Deputy? Hmm? Then that's the fella Scott McCloud told us about. Yeah. He led that outlaw gang in the bank. What? Why, them two prisoners, they're innocent. That is what we told you before all the trouble started. You, Cisco. Then, then they didn't get you. Not I, but they got Pancho. I want my guns. I am going after those madmen. And I'm going with you. I made one mistake, Cisco. I don't aim to make another. Come on, let's go. Where's my horse, Diablo? In the stable with ours. Silence, let's go. Stop. What? What's wrong? Look, in the bank. A light. By thunder, you're right. We are no. going to clear this whole thing up right now. Come with me. Yeah. You getting a Creole? Sure. There wasn't a combination lock ever made that I couldn't work. Wait now. There. That does it. <laughs> Bye, Fender Creole. I sure got to hand it to you. Hey. Jumping catfish. Look at the money in there. That must be a quarter of a million dollars. Now quit talking and get those bags over there under the counter. I figure we got half an hour to get this money and get out of here. Who's that? Why, I mean... Uh... Say it loud. Hey, who's this coming? 
He put lead right through the roof. He shot the roof. Trouble me, my lord. You tried to stop us once. You know what you got, Sheriff. Oh, again. Take your hands off that rope or it will be the last thing you ever do. But I believe me, he can do it, too. Listen, that man's innocent. Two bandits that got away from us last night are in jail right now. That's what I said. He's all right now, Pancho Amigo. Oh, gracias. The man who put those skunks behind bars is standing right there beside you. The Cisco kid. Oh, Cisco Amigo. I'm positing maybe, just maybe this time, do not show up in time. Sheriff, how do you know those two you got in jail, the ones who robbed the bank? Well, Cisco and I caught them red-handed trying it again. That fella Creole planned this next tie party to get everybody away from the bank. Pancho yeah. never did like this kind of necktie. The rope scratched my neck. Take it off, Pancho. Here, uh, I untie your hands. I just happened to think of something, Sheriff. Ain't Cisco and Pancho wanted for a few things themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Now, just a minute, just a minute. I guess maybe I got some pictures of Cisco and Pancho in my office. But Cisco just saved all the money you folks got in the bank. Yeah. And you owe Pancho something for trying to stretch his neck with a rope. Yeah, not only that, but thanks to Cisco, two of the snakes that's been giving this town so much trouble are roosting in the lockup right now. Well, I guess maybe that's right, Sheriff. Yeah, but, Scotty, uh, I just can't remember right offhand anything that Cisco and Pancho has done that's again the law. And you? Well, since you put it that way, no, Sheriff, I can't. How about the rest of you, Joe? Well, let's get back to town. I think there's going to be a real interesting trial for a couple of bank robbers. What do you say, Pancho? Shall we go back to the town, too? Pancho, say this. If I never go back to that town, it's much too soon. Very well, then. Come, Pancho. We go. Where are you heading for, Cisco? Who knows? For Cisco and Pancho, there is always someplace else. (whistles) Yellow! Loco! What are you thinking about, amigo? Uh, Pancho, just thinking, Cisco. We so busy in that town, Pancho not even get to find out the name. Oh, it's called Broken Cinch. Well, my Pancho asked you never to mention that name again. Oh, Cisco, that an awful place. You know, Pancho, I was just thinking of something. Eh? We had just sat down to our supper when the sheriff came in and arrested us. Uh-huh. We have not eaten since early this morning. For the first time in Pancho's life... Pancho not hungry, amigo. No, no, no. Pancho not hungry tonight. Pancho just want to ride and ride and ride away from broken cinch. Si, si. Uh, Cisco. Si, Pancho. Someday you think we go to a town where we not have the trouble? Si, amigo. Oh, there may be such a place. Why we not ride to it? With no trouble, amigo mio, what would we do for excitement? Sleep and eat. Loaf and eat. And do nothing. Indeed. That sounds very fattening to me. Oh, I so. Let us find this town where there's no trouble. You must know such a place. Mm, no, amigo, I do not. Pancho knows such a place, I think. You do? Where is it? It's across the mountains to the north. A little town called Lasting Peace. Why are you sure it's a village where there is never any trouble? You must not let the name deceive you. I think there is very much to a name of a place. To Pancho... The name of a place is what the place is like. Almost, anyway. I cannot agree with you. No, Cisco? Uh, what's the name of the town we just left? Broken Cinch. Eh? And in Broken Cinch, 
Pancho almost got a broken neck. Oh, Pancho. Oh, Cisco. Ciao, <laughs> <laughs> So ends another thrilling adventure with O. Henry's famous Robin Hood of the West, the Cisco Kid. sure to listen again for another thrilling adventure of The Cisco Kid. Cisco Kid was played by Jack Mather. Honcho by Harry Lang. Stay tuned for Fibber McGee and Molly next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for us to be transported back to 1945 and a show by Fibber McGee and Molly broadcast from Maple Leaf Gardens. From the Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, Ontario, and in conjunction with the 9th Canadian Victory Loan, we bring you the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Mrs. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista goes shopping. It's apt to be a very expensive day. Not because she buys so much, but when a husband like hers has the free run of the house, almost anything can happen. And here, coming home from her morning's marketing, arms full of bundles and heart full of apprehension, we find Molly. Alfibber McGee and Molly. I wonder what McGee's been doing while I've been gone, I'm afraid. Be just like the rascal to take the piano part to get a G-string for his mandolin. 
Hmm. Must be getting a massage. Oh, McGee. McGee, darling, I'm home. What in the name of... McGee, what on earth are you doing? Go away, sis. Whatever you're selling, we don't want any today. <laughs> Come back sometime when my wife is here. McGee, sweetheart, remember me? I'm your wife. I'm glad to meet you, sis. Now sit down and be quiet. When my wife comes, won't you? Huh? Oh, hi, Molly. You home? What's going on here? What's that pile of mud on the piano stool? My dear girl, that is modeling clay. Have you led such a sheltered life, so remote from artistic circles that you fail to recognize a sculptor at work? Oh, I knew I should have taken you with me or stayed home myself. What's that thing on your head? That, my dear girl, is a beret. All us artists wear berets. Keeps our hair out of the paint if we're painters. Out of the sculpt if we're sculptors. And we are... Oh, we are? Yep. I've entered a sculptor contest. Wistful Vista Art Center. First prize, a hundred bucks. And I can use a hundred bucks like Herman Goering could use a fast plane to Patagonia. But you've never had any training in sculpture, dearie. Neither did Victor Hugo, but he was a success, wasn't he? Victor Hugo was not a sculptor. Neither am I. <laughs> so I start even, Stephen, with Victor Hugo. Now, if you'll excuse me, my dear, I must have at it. I say, McGee. Please, Molly. When a creative artist is at work, one must never, never intrude with commonplace things. You have broke my mood. I'll break your... <laughs> now, Molly, control yourself. He's just a boy at heart. Where'd you get that Mother Hubbard effect you're wearing, dearie? That, my dear girl, is a smock. Borrowed it from a guy at the filling station. I see. <laughs> Then the message on the back of it is an advertisement, not a character reading. Well, what's it say? Tires quickly. Oh. <laughs> it used to say tires quickly repaired. It's an old pre-war smock. <laughs> now, let me see. A little more height to the forehead. Please, my dear, please, don't come between me and the mirror. Oh, now this is too much. Do you admire yourself so much in that smock and braid that you have to strut in front of a mirror? I gotta use the mirror, Molly. I'm making a clay model of my own head and shoulder. Oh, no. I'm calling it Self-Portrait of a Common Man. <laughs> now, let me see. Would you say I was about three inches between the eyeballs? Open or shut? <laughs> they're the same distance apart, open or shut, aren't they? I don't know. When they're shut, I can't see them. <laughs> well, never mind. I'll use the tape measure. And... Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. Who's the little goblin in the almost white nighty and the beret? He looks like Michelangelo's grandmother. Well, no one expects a lowbrow like you, Aerosmith, to appreciate anything more artistic than the souvenir leather watch bob from Niagara Falls, Aerosmith. <laughs> Do you know what he's doing with that play, Doctor? He's making a bust of himself. <laughs> well, I don't think I can add anything to that remark, my dear. That leaves him as wide open as a dropped watermelon. <laughs> I'm calling it the self-portrait of a common man. And a very apt title it is, too, my boy. If a commoner man than you exists today in this weary world, I've been lucky enough not to meet him. Ah, uh, isn't that nice? <laughs> You're not just saying that because you admire me, are you, Doc? 
Incidentally, how do you like my sculpture as far as I've gone? Well, speaking professionally and as a snap diagnosis, I'd say the model for that sculpture had an incipient cirrhosis, a chronic malfunction of the spleen, undetected adenoids, and a weakness for cheap cigars. <laughs> the prosecution rests. <laughs> Look, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> As an art critic, you're a fat-headed old tissue slicer. You probably think anybody with an etching is just allergic to seafood. After all, this is not a finished work, Doctor. It is just a hunk of common clay. Yeah, aren't we all? Tell me, termite, just what do you plan to do with this wrung-out blob of river bottom after you get tired of teasing it? Convert it into a housing project for homeless earthworms or bake yourself a batch of marbles, of which you could use a few. Ignoring your crude attempts at humor, Doctor, I am entering this sculpture in the Whistle Vista Art Competition. Oh, no. Yes, indeed, Doctor. He's going to win the first prize of $100, he keeps telling himself. He would. He's as self-centered as a yogi contemplating his belt buckle. <laughs> Look, Cellini... Take the advice of the family physician and throw that muck out the window. Then go take a long walk. Go bowling. Go skating. No, don't go skating. Your ankles would fold up like a street map of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Is that so? Say, now, he used to play hockey, doctor, for the Peoria Bullfrog. Yeah. And very well, too. Golly, what a goalie. <laughs> he played hockey? Yes, I played hockey. <laughs> and I got old man Skinnamer to donate the rink, too. Skinnamer Ink McGee, I was known as in them days. Skinner Ink McGee, the slyest, slashingest skater that ever slid sideways to shoot a sharp shot through center or slap a spectator silly with a slick stick. Set in the stands to screaming as I slam in the score that sews up the series, making me a sensation from Saskatchewan to Salem, but I promised him a sculpture and I wouldn't want to fail up. <laughs> And it's a grand night for singing. It's a grand night for singing. The moon is flying high. And somewhere a bird who is bound to be heard is throwing his heart at the sky. It's a grand night for singing. The stars are bright above. The earth is a glow and to add to the show. I think I am falling in love, falling, 
little more on the left shoulder. That's it. Uh -huh. I'm a dreamer in Montreal. <laughs> hey, Molly, how's it look now? How are the ears? Too far forward? I can't tell, dearie. Why don't you stick them uh, on with a hairpin till you step back and see how they look? Huh? Hey, that ain't a bad idea. I think I'll... No, no, McGee, let me do it. Huh? I want to pin your ears back for a long time. <laughs> Here's a couple of bobby pins. Ah, uh, interruptions, interruptions, interruptions. Our doorbell gets more fingers pointed at it than the tray of French pastries. <laughs> you get it, Molly? I says our doorbell gets more... Ain't funny, McGee. Oh. <laughs> okay, come in anyway. Mr. McGee? Yes? We're taking a poll. Do you mind? Not at all, sis. Glad to help you. Thank you. Good day. Now, wait a minute, miss. Uh, what poll is this? The one that holds your clothesline up. We just moved in next door. <laughs> well, the nerve of some people, those new neighbors... No, here. I can't be bothered with them now, baby. Time's getting short on the sculpture contest. I've got to get busy. How am I getting the mouth? Is that smile right? No, I don't think so, dear. It no? looks like you just come from the dentist with lips full of Novocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no use guessing on this thing. Might as well do it right. Take this tape measure. And? I'll smile real big. You know, the old personality stuff, the happy old Don of each, you know, corner to corner. The new measure. Okay, go. Hold it. Huh? There, I got it. What's it measure? 29 inches. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm happier than I thought I was. <laughs> using the wrong end of the tape. Oh, shucks. Now we got to do the whole thing all over. Hello, Molly. Hello, pal. What's all the putty for? Tightening up the windows for winter? That's Clay, Mr. Wilcox. Himself here is entering a bit of sculpture in the Wistful Vista Art Competition. Sit down and be quiet, lad. I must work fast. Don't want to lose the north light, you know. Hey, does he do all this with his bare hands, Molly? He does indeed, Mr. Wilcox. If you'll observe carefully, my boy, you will notice that I can achieve with my thumb an effect which could never be duplicated by mechanical means. What's that, dearie? A thumbprint. Please! <laughs> Please, don't talk like that. Oh, don't I'm... talk like what, Mr. Wilcox? Like mentioning thumbprints. Oh, I'm sorry, Arthur. You know how I feel about thumbprints and fingerprints, especially on furniture and woodwork. They're so unnecessary with Johnson's Wax so available. Jose, by the way... I'm going to Canada tomorrow for a few days. Oh, business trip, Waxy? I'll give you a note to an old friend of mine, Hiram Walker. <laughs> old friend of mine up there. Known him for years. He raises birds. What kind of birds? Swallows. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I'm going to visit the Johnson Wax plant in Brantford, Ontario. You see, my cousin, Big Sedgwick Wilcox, is helping with Canada's ninth victory loan. <laughs> hey, I got a great slogan for them, Junior. Sign your name to victory. That's the slogan they're using. Oh, they can't do this to me. I just thought that up. <laughs> they, how can... There's... Oh, uh, tell them to go ahead and use it. It's okay with me. Ah, oh, you're sweet, McGee. <laughs> That's a good slogan, too, Mr. Wilcox. Yes, indeed it is. It means that when you buy a bond, you help guarantee a sound and lasting peace. You're making a promise to help pay the costs of bringing the fighting forces home, rehabilitating and maintaining the wounded, provide essential aid to liberated countries, and build a personal stake at home. You know, one of the greatest expenses of a war is the peace that follows. You've got to get your country off its planes and ships and tanks and jeeps and put it on its feet again. And besides hey, hey, that... Hey, 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 please, one side. Please, Mac. You're in my light, and i got to hurry with this sculpture. Oh, I'm sorry, pal, and I wish you a lot of luck with your new career. Thank you. Oh, say, if it interests you, my nephew, Big Phelan Wilcox, works in clay. Is that so? Yeah. 
He made $100,000 last year. Heavenly days, $100,000. I told you there was dough in this stuff, Molly. What does your cousin make out of clay, Junior? Statues, busts, fountains, or what? Bricks. Oh. Well, so long now. <laughs> Boy, that boy, that boy. Oh, well, I must have that. McGee, what on earth are you doing now? Huh? What's that big round gob of clay on top of the head? Oh, I had some clay left over, so I thought I'd put a hat on it. <laughs> the easiest hat to sculpt is a derby. Kind of carries out the thought of the common man, too. Very realistic, I'm sure. Maybe ah, dead ratted, dead ratted luck. Everybody crashing in here when I only got an hour to work. Come in. This is a fine state of how do you do. How do you do? How do you do? Mrs. Carstairs, do come in, Mrs. Carstairs. Thank you. Good day, Mrs. Carstairs. I trust you will forgive me, ladies, if I proceed with my work. One must create when one is in a creative mood, you know. Oh, of course, Mr. McGee. But um, who is that you're boxing with? He isn't. <laughs> he isn't boxing, Mrs. Carstairs. He's sculpturing a bust of himself. Oh, so sorry. I'm a little nearsighted, you know. Uh... Interesting piece of work, Mr. McGee. Uh, thank you, my dear. Won't you sit down and watch me work? Uh, thank you, no. I'm on my way to take my music lesson. Oh, is that your bagpipe you have with you, Mrs. Carstairs? Won't you play something for us? Sure, Carsty, play something. Ah, there's nothing like music to inspire us artists to finer efforts. Come on, kid. Pump up the old hot water bottle and squirt us out a little Highland boogie. <laughs> Well, if you insist, you do insist, don't you? Oh, yes, we do indeed, Mrs. Carstairs. Uh, what are you going to play? With a bagpipe, Mrs. McGee, one does not plan to play anything. <laughs> one takes what comes out. Kind of a musical punch board, eh? <laughs> However, I shall endeavor to render a little song composed by my husband entitled, The Drummer Can Always Beat It, But The Piper's Left Holding The Bag. <laughs> Are we ready? Now go ahead, Mrs. Carstairs. I'm all ears. Great. <laughs> Why, Millicent, that was beautiful. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That was the shortest bagpipe number I ever heard by a player in the longest kilt I ever saw. <laughs> Are you Scotch, Carsty? Uh, half Scotch. Uh, what's the other half, Mrs. Carstairs? Soda, to be amusing. <laughs> Canadian, to be truthful. Good day. Good day, Mrs. Carstairs. must be quite an inspiration to you, dearie. You were really working like mad while she was playing. Yeah, but she threw me all off. I found myself making this derby hat into a time machine. <laughs> it's almost finished. Aha! There. It's done. Well, all I can say, dearie, is that is a piece of sculpture. Yep. And I'm so worn out from watching you slap it around, I'm going upstairs and lie down a while. Okay, okay, Mommy. <laughs> ah, there goes a good kid. Does she try to discourage me when I take up a new career? No, sir. Does she threaten to get a new hubby when hubby gets a new hobby? No, sir. You see the kind... Come in. Oh. Hi, mister. Oh. 
Hello there, Jeannie. Now, look, uh, I haven't got time to Oh, it. boy. My pies, huh? huh? Gee, that's a big one, mister. Can I play too? Can I, mister? Can I play too? This, my dear child, is not a mud pie. <laughs> uh, this is a prize-winning sculpture entitled... Uh, how would you like to pick up a fast dollar, sis? Three. That's a good name for it, mister. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, uh, the art contest closes in half an hour. You deliver this to the judges and I'll pay you a buck. How much you win if you get first prize, mister? A hundred dollars. Hmm. One percent, yep. huh? <laughs> you realize, mister, in a court of equity, the party of the first part having contracted to deliver as per agreement certain stipulated... Okay, 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 okay. Two bucks. It's a deal. Yeah. Now get going, sis. I got to get this entered before the contest closes and if See, I... what do I cover it with, mister? Cover it? Well, let's see. Well, let's see. Where's there some wrapping paper? Oh, I know. There's some right here in the hall closet. No, mister. No, no, please. first prize. Or at least an honorable mention. Honorable mention my clavicle. I take first prize or I take nothing. My gosh, if you'd have seen some of the sculpts they got down there. <laughs> Why, they got one sculpt down there of a guy with the wings going out of his heels. That's Mercury, dearie. Well, I'll bet he dropped ten degrees when my sculpt came in. <laughs> the minute the judges see myself portrait of a common man, that must be my prize money being delivered right now. Come in, come in, come in. Oh, my goodness. Hello, Mr. Baird. Oh, hi, Ella Trivia. Good day, Molly. Hello, McGee. 
What's this I hear about you entering a sculpture competition? Oh, he hasn't beat your honor. He's got a 50-50 chance of winning first prize, too. They either say no or they say yes. <laughs> well, I do hope you win, McGee. Then perhaps you would make a small donation to a new civic project of mine. What project is that, Mr. Mayor? Uh, we're considering building a bridal path through the outskirts of town. There's been considerable... A bridal path? What do they need a path for? <laughs> Every bride I ever knew of took a cab from the church right to the airport or the railroad station. Or I was speaking of a bridal path for equestrians, McGee. Equestrians or Episcopalians, the principle is the same, Mr. Mayor. No bride wants to walk around the outskirts of town after I we... didn't say anything about a bride walking. I merely... Now, said just that... a darn minute, Mr. Vivian. I realize you're a politician and you've got to get votes. But by George, if you're going to build special paths for newlyweds and let us old married couples tramp along the hard pavements... Newlyweds have nothing to do with it, I tell you. But when citizens who keep horses come to me... Don't change the subject, Mr. Mayor. I was not changing the subject. I was trying to tell you that the bridal path for horseback riders... And how many people get married on horseback? Answer me that. Maybe somebody trying to get their picture in the paper. But that hardly justifies the expense of building a special path for them. Nobody intends to build a special path for newly horses. I mean, horse by question. Look, did you ever own a horse, McGee? Had me a little Shetland pony when I was a kid. Her name was Faber. He used to get up early every morning and curry Faber so my father would... Where did you ride What'd you say, Mr. Mayor? I said, where did he ride his pony? He rode it where everybody rides a pony, halfway between his neck and his tail. <laughs> that isn't what I... If you had a... Listen, suppose this pony was in the city. Yes? Wouldn't you like to have a special road where it was safe to ride out of the traffic? Why, certainly, but what that got to do with getting married? It has nothing to do with getting married. You started this marriage business, not I. We did not start it. People have been getting married for a thousand years. And they don't have to have a special path to walk home on after they do it, too, either. And I think that any... Will you listen to me? I merely stated that this city was building a bridal horse. Uh, I'll pass you to that. I mean, when a man wants to take a bride, a horseback... McGee? Yeah? May I say just two words? Why, certainly, Mr. Mayor. Good day! You know, Molly, I I sometimes think he deliberately gets me into those arguments. Just the same, McGee, building a special path for brides was kind of a sweet thought. Very romantic. With rose bushes along the sides, a bridal path might be a very lovely thing. Yeah. First thing you know, people start using it for horseback riding. Ah, but Latrivia's kind of a dream. Hot dog, there's my hundred bucks. Come in, come in, come in. Come in. Hi, Mr. Hi. 
Miss McGee. Hi, sis. Hello, little girl. Well, did you bring it, sis? Did you bring my prize money? Where is it, sis? Come on, hurry up. Oh, relax, McGee. Maybe you didn't win first prize. Let's face it. Of course I won. That was the finest piece of sculpture I ever did. It had to be. It was the only one I ever did. Come on, sis. Come on. Didn't they give you an envelope for me? Sure they did, I bet you. Here it is, mister. Ah, thanks, sis. And here's your two bucks. Open the envelope, Molly. See if they sent cash or a check. And you've got the most sublime self-confidence, McGee. Well, heavenly, here's a check for $100. Well, Matt. And a little note. Huh? Dear Mr. McGee, congratulations. I'm glad to say that. <laughs> Enclosed fine check for $100 for your winning entry. Yeah, I betcha. <laughs> torso of a goat. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what did I tell you. When you got a talent like mine, you can't... For what? Torso of a goat! Uh, <laughs> what are you snickering at, sis? Just because them judges don't know a portrait of a common man from the torso of a goat? Well, it was kind of hard to tell by the time I got here, mister. Huh? <laughs> Boy, was it ever a mess. What you mean? I fell down with a try. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here in Toronto tonight in the interest of Canada's ninth victory loan. The objectives of this loan are the objectives of all of us on both sides of the border. Buying victory bonds means that you sign your name to victory, that you subscribe not only your money for the return and rehabilitation of our fighting men, but that you subscribe to the principles for which they fought, the right of living in peace for the future security for yourselves and your families. So invest in victory bonds today to the very limit of your ability. Peace with security is expensive, but it's the biggest bargain ever offered. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Gunsmoke, followed by the Red Skelton Show. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.